Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Dallying out in the hallway, having a conversation about Thanksgiving. Both dillying and dallying, eh? Which is one week from today. The eating will begin. Uh, live from Studio C, etc., etc. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, our good old friend Xi Jinping. We've been close. We've traveled 90 million miles together. We've been married for 28 years. What are you doing? We have several <laughs> children together, and uh, exactly, we're going to take a bath together this evening. We're the co-owners of Hobby Lobby. <laughs> we're very much in love. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, we got some analysis of the Xi-Biden meeting. Whatever. It's way over. It's a cooling down of the rhetoric, Jack. Whatever. China-U.S. relations improve over Xi-Biden summit. Whatever. Could be. Very well could not be. There's no reason to make any giant proclamations over this whatsoever. It's ridiculous, actually. Um, I was thinking about, as I heard some rosy commentary about their meeting, and how it's the first step in building, and you can see the chemistry between them, and blah, 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 and whatever. Whatever it is. What a crock of crap. I know, it's just a crock of crap. 
And she's either a guy who's not going to do something awful in the United States, or he is, but we don't know what is in his head. And anything the old man Biden says shuffling around in the garden is not going to have anything to do with it. Absolutely not. You know, I've played some uh, cards uh, through my life, including the great game of poker. And so much of the coverage and the posturing, it's like, you know, if somebody checks, they don't bet on a a card, say, in Texas Hold'em. If you start saying they have a weak hand, they're not going to bet on this card, so they must have a weak hand. No, that's the point of the game is to mislead your opponents to gain advantage or at worst, keep them guessing. That's what you're doing there at the table. That's what Xi Jinping is doing there. He came out yesterday and said, you know, we could probably give you those pandas again. We're like, oh, he does like us. He does like us. Are you kidding me? I want to tear out my hair. Yeah, I know. So we've got some uh, solid reporting on it from like smart think tank people as opposed to dopey cable news pundits with their crap. You can just see the chemistry as they walk through the garden. Oh, oh you make me want to vomit. Love are of you Chairman a, Mao. Are you a child? Oh. It, it keeps reminding me of this picture. Uh, there's a there's a uh, you know, you get fed by algorithm stuff on YouTube and Twitter and all these things. How you end up on these algorithms, I don't know. But one of them on Twitter that I get is it's called historic videos or historic pictures or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? But anyway, the one that they've got pinned to the top is a fascinating picture. It's in a room somewhere, and it's a picture of Stalin, and I guess it would be 40 or 41. It's a picture of Stalin and he's kind of he's kind of bent over and he's got a cigarette in his hands and he's just staring at the floor and it's said to be the moment that he was given the news that Hitler had invaded you see they had a oh. deal hitler had promised him that he wouldn't do that and there's stalin staring at the floor thinking that son of a bitch i knew it i knew i shouldn't have trusted him I mean, that's the reality of the world. It's not some chemistry from walking through a garden. People are going to do what they're going to do. So maybe this was a step toward uh, some sort of good news yesterday. But there's no reason to assume it is. Well, the great Josh Rogan, who will be our guest uh, in the middle of hour two of the program, uh, pointed out the other day is Biden. You brought this to us yesterday, Jack, that Biden was describing the thousands of miles and hundreds of hours he spent with Xi Jinping and touching moments they've shared together. And they're all demonstrably false or wildly exaggerated. Right. And Rogan's point in pointing that out was that what if Biden actually believes this stuff? What if his memory is distorted enough that he thinks they have that relationship? That could be truly dangerous. Yeah, I was just listening to some commentary where they actually said, this is, these are grown-ups, said uh, an important uh, moment when was, was she referred to Joe Biden as my old friend, which indicates, doesn't indicate a freaking thing. It doesn't indicate anything. Anything. And anybody who thinks it does is a moron. You are a child. Go do something else. If you're dealing with somebody evil and they call you your old friend, I'd put a tighter hold on my wallet, not a looser hold on my wallet. 100% correct. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. 
Have you ever Between the radical ideology that is being taught to people in schools and media and the utter emotional naivete of our news media, good God. Have you ever read a book about any of this stuff or watched The Godfather? It's common to call somebody your old friend right before somebody behind the car seat comes out with some piano wire and grots you. The uh, Chinese leader's disarming kindness. Yeah, it's disarming. That's the point of it. Take a, take a look at that word and think about it for a moment. Now, the, well. the point isn't that it's, I'm gar- it's guaranteed that he's going to invade Taiwan or he has evil intentions, but the fact that he says my old friend is not an indication of a single thing. It's perhaps an indication that the Chinese perceive their position as somewhat weaker than it was a year ago. That's all, that they want something from us. It could or just that be, they want us to let down our guard. It's Those just are the only be, two possibilities. It just could be an indication that he thinks Biden's a sap, and that sort of talk will, uh, you know, win the day. Well, you got to run it up the flagpole. Good lord! Yeah, I Dealing know that is shocking. You know, this is a good uh, moment for the uh, for the uh, opening clip, so we should start the show officially. Especially selected opening clip that I'm excited about today. Okay, wow. Um, I'm I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, how did it already get to be Thursday, one week from Thanksgiving, November the sixteenth, the year 2023? We are taking up arms against a sea of troubles. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin the show then officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. <laughs> Listen to the crowd. Okay, that's good, Michael. That is... Uh, They're digging it. Cool. <laughs> Wait, you're turning it off? That's my favorite song. <laughs> that's President Xi's wife, who I didn't, I didn't realize <laughs> is a household name in China. And if you're a household name, before she met Xi... Before, For painting or as an architect? <laughs> before she met her husband, the most powerful man on the planet, according to Ian Bremmer, uh, President Xi, dictator Xi... Um, she was a household name in a country of 1.3 billion people as the biggest folk slash pop star in the entire country. So people listen to her sing intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> you heard the crowd there; they were uh, they were digging oh, it. They went wild. So he's married to a pop star. How perfect is that? Yeah, they are rarely on even the same side of China, apparently. Let alone, you know, sleeping in the same bed. They're rarely together. So I don't, you know, whatever that means, whatever that is. They have one kid together. Communist propaganda. Oh, is that what it is? She's got to have a wife. Yeah, and and she's uh, uh, beloved by the people. So he should be Uh, beloved by the people, right? Come on now. Right. So he marries the big, he marries the Taylor Swift of of their country. At gunpoint, yes. (laughs) And, and then, or she, and then, she knows what it means to live in a communist country. She's probably like, seriously? Okay, great. Yeah. And then he never sees her again. Well, his first wife, this is an interesting story. I'm reading all this stuff in the middle of the night because I can't sleep. So I read about dictators' wives. Um, his first wife, who he was married to for like a year back in the 80s, she was like, I don't want to live in communist China. And uh, he said, I, uh, I'm uh, committed to the government. I'm a member of the Communist Party, and I'm going to climb the ladder. And she left for Switzerland or someplace, left the country. Hmm. And so their marriage came apart very quickly. Um, so then he must have thought, you know, I'm going to marry the Taylor Swift of our country. Uh, she can live over there. I'll live over here. And 
Every once in a while, we'll get together for a photo op with Trump or Obama. There's a bunch of pictures like that around. She's sure. attractive, of course, as you'd expect out of a giant well, pop star. Yeah, yeah, boy, that was some warbling too. I want to hear that again. Let's hear a later little on, more Michael. of a, just a well, little more. Do it now. Yeah. yeah, come on, we're enjoying that. It's relaxing. The lovely Mrs. She. That's what she said. What? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. You know, it's, it sounds like the Three Stooges thing. Said, hey, Esther. It's interesting how singing is so different in different countries because we all have the same vocal folds. I mean, we all have the capability of making the same sounds. Yes. But for whatever reason, what we find pleasant and tap our toes to sounds way different than what they find pleasant and tap their toes to. Yeah, I heard uh, the other day, where was he from? One of your Southeast Asian farmers was protesting his land being confiscated, and he wrote a Bob Dylan-esque folk song about it. Except, it, 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 Yeah, very different style of singing. And uh, I'll never forget this. As long as I live, Gladys, there I was. I was uh, probably uh, 13 years old or so, uh, just blooming as a young man. And I went off to basketball camp, and my uh, buddy Iqbal, his dad, uh, who was an immigrant from India, uh, his car, his jams, man, which is only appropriate. But he hit uh, he hit the Indian pop music the whole way down. And it was of that non-diatonic, that super high-pitched, nasally singing style. And he but, was enjoying it. He wasn't doing it as a, like a... Yeah. Oh, no, that, that was his groove. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah, anyway. but completely different sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how does mailbag look? Uh, it's quite good. Yeah, it's a, it needs some uh, some expert curating. It's a sprawling epic. It probably <laughs> needs to be edited a bit. Yeah. More news of the day, and uh, we're going to have Josh Rogan of the Washington Post on to tell us what he thinks of the summit yesterday. A bunch of stuff on the way. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looks like we have another high-profile pretendian. Uh, pardon me? Pretend Indian. Oh, a pretendian. <laughs> Focahontas. Exactly. We have another one of those. I got to stay tuned? You have to stay tuned. Also, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Another thing I was going to say. Oh, how about that uh, protest slash riot outside the Democratic headquarters in Washington, D.C. last night? You hear about that? Holy crap. That's out of yeah. control. Half a dozen cops sent to the hospital? I warned you. It's the fightening. A new era in American life. Stay with us for the gory details. Now your freedom-loving quote of the day. Continuing our series on beauty. And you may notice, if you listen every day, that there are some uh, quotes in praise of beauty. There are some analyzing what it really means, what beauty is. Then this from Leo Tolstoy. It is amazing how complete is the delusion that beauty is goodness. Interesting. Yeah. Many psychological studies have have shown that people uh, see somebody as physically attractive and assume all sorts of positive uh, attributes to them. That's actually... Uh, Intelligence, competence, uh, kindness, the rest of it. I was thinking that at the zoo, actually, with my son last weekend, looking at... I forget which animal, but one of your wild animals, just how beautiful that is, that animal and everything like that. And If you got in with it, it would rip you to pieces. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dolphins are murderous and rapey, for instance, but we see that kind of smile shape to their mouth and think, oh, look, they're so happy. What a beautiful creature. Sunsets give you cancer. Another example. Wow. Wow. Think about it. Or don't. It's depressing. Mailbag. Woohoo! Drop us a note. Mailbag at armstrongyegetti.com. That's the email address. Before we get into the topics of the day... Love this from Eric Fire in the Hole C in beautiful Astoria, Oregon. He was listening to our One More Thing podcast that we recorded yesterday. Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. It's a, it never airs. It's just podcast. Uh, and it often is, it's almost never newsy. It's just about life and fun topics. Sometimes there are swears. Anyway, Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. We were discussing the infamous uh, detonation of the whale in Oregon in 1970, in which they decided to get rid of a giant, stinking, rotting carcass of a whale by blowing it up, but weren't sure how much explosive to use, and it ended up raining blubber for half a mile, crushing cars, injuring people. Anyway, uh, Eric said, I very much enjoyed the One More Thing podcast, uh, notably the infamous exploding whale event. As it happens, I learned many years ago that it's long been common practice to use explosives to take care of very large animal carcasses. To wit, please see the two-page document in the link below, published by the USDA Technology and Development Program, obliterate, quote, obliterating animal carcasses with explosives. And indeed, they helpfully have a diagram of a horse and the recommended placement for dynamite for partial obliteration, that would be dispersion, for an 1,100-pound animal, and a larger amount of explosives for, quote, quote, more obliteration. Wow. I'm looking at it right now. Isn't that crazy? You got a horse with, like, sticks of dynamite in him. 
Now, I used to haul off dead cattle to the what they called the used cow truck. We would just uh, pull them down a gravel road, put them in a pile. But then they took them off somewhere to burn, I believe. Wow. Yeah, no explosives. Yeah, I don't know in what circumstances that would be your best option, but mm. I don't know. Maybe you just like dynamite. Uh, moving along. Uh, Nick writes, guys, love the show. Also watch the Barry Weiss speech, which I hope influential educators do as well. The size of the pro-Palestinian protests have been insane, and the audio from the crazy woman in D.C. was alarming. Might play that again later. Question for y'all. How many people do you think that mob represents who aren't present? Do they speak for a group 100 times their size or 50% bigger? They're a very scary group with disturbing thoughts in their heads, but my guess is they don't represent many people who were at present. Just like I don't think a KKK rally represents some dark underbelly of society, these events seem like crazy people's Super Bowl, and they uh-huh. happen where they live, so I think the turnout is pretty representative. They're all activists, too, of course. That's an excellent question. The 300,000 pro-Palestinian supporters might be the total number, whereas the 300,000 pro-Israel supporters might just be a representation of many, many, many millions more. And it sounds like a knock or a shot, but it's true. Conservatives don't demonstrate nearly as much because we're busy. We have jobs. We're not college students. And kids. Right. Uh, More on the way. If you miss a segment, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember this song? How could I forget? Yeah. Gotta wait for Joe Cocker to come in with his weird voice. All I know is great voice, please. You look like a spaz. I don't think he can say that anymore. You can't? 
No, absolutely not. All right. Very insensitive. Anyway, the reason we're playing this song, this was an Oscar-winning song from uh, Officer and a Gentleman, I think, way back in the 80s. Well, the woman who wrote this and won an Oscar for writing it uh, was the first uh, indigenous person to ever win an Oscar as a, an, an, a First Peoples or Native American, although she's from Canada, so I don't know what you call her. Anyway, the story is out today that she's a pretendian. Oh. Um, they figured out that all these years she's a phony. E- even like people our age and younger might remember seeing her on Sesame Street. She was on there in her native gear and stuff like that and introducing to kids watching Sesame Street the whole background of Native Americans and all that sort of stuff. It's a great story, isn't it? It's just barrier, as it says here, a barrier-breaking indigenous icon. But a recent news investigation has shown that she's not actually that at all. And she's another example of pretendians. Now, she's 82 years old, so she pulled it off her entire life, got all the credit for being uh, in in winning Oscar something or other and being on Sesame Street and all that sort of stuff. But recent reports cite a birth certificate that states the singer was born Beverly Jean Santa Maria in Stoneham, Massachusetts, to parents of uh, European lineage. Her story was that she was taken by white Canadians as a baby as part of the thing they had up there in Canada where people were abducting Indian children or whatever. Yeah, it's awful. It's yeah. awful. But she wasn't one of those. She was born in Massachusetts to some just regular normal parents. And uh, anyway, so none of that stuff is true. Wow. You know, I was going to ask now, is it one of those uh, where the, the family always said they were descended from? She was just confused. But no, it sounds like she's a crackpot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also quote several family members who claim her story is an elaborate fabrication and always has been. I don't know if it just she was doing it back in the time where you didn't have social media and stuff like that. So I suppose there was no way to get the word out if you knew her and said she's no Indian. Known her since she was a kid. <laughs> yeah, unless Time Magazine covered the story or something. Yeah, yeah. She won an Oscar wow. in 1983 for that. Um, and in 2021, her face appeared on a Canadian stamp as an example of a hero of Canadian culture. Anyway, the only reason I bring wow. you that story is it's amazing how often that happens. It is, and you know what strikes me about that story is having learned that now that song is precisely the same song it was. When we thought she was an Indian who wrote it. Uh, Not a note has changed. The melody is exactly the same. Its impact, its enjoyability, unless you're some sort of ideological nut job who, you know, you like music better if it's written by indigenous people. (laughs) The song is the same song. And I was reminded of a great piece I, I came across on somebody or other's Substack, they're they're talking about what they call the reactionary progressive movement, and they do a beautiful job of explaining what it's all about. Um, he writes, uh, the first place to look to understand the reactionary progressive's response to the Israel-Hamas uh, thing is its theory of social justice, under which individuals are judged primarily not on their own actions, but as members of an ethnic, religious, racial, or other identity. A view of the world that rejects the idea of individual responsibility also rejects traditional Western philosophy. And they go into John Locke and John Stuart Mill, you know, the pillars that our system was founded on. But I think that's a beautifully simple way to put it. They reject the idea of individual responsibility and uh, take you in only as the member of a category. Yeah. Which is, well, what's the word? Dehumanizing. Identity politics is more dangerous than even those of us who have always hated it thought it was. Correct. Yeah. And I think you're seeing that from the the enraged, crazed, radical young people 
heavily women in the streets. Uh, they point out, for example, the reactionary progressive left calls relentlessly for more wealth and income redistribution. If inequality exists in a given place, the progressive movement's solution is more government intervention and redistribution. The idea that individuals play even a significant role in their own fate seems to take a back seat to the idea that a person's lot is determined by the group to which they belong. In this model, oppression of groups is the cause of unequal outcomes. This creates a world that is not about individuals, but only about groups, and those groups are assigned to to categories. A group is either a victimizer or a victimized, an oppressor or oppressed, etc. Colonizer or colonized. And if some individuals or groups of individuals are less wealthy than others, the progressive movement rejects the examination of the underlying social and cultural issues that might cause some to fail and others to succeed. Mm -hmm. The disintegration of the family and failing schools in poor communities are ignored in favor of accusing anyone who is wealthier of exploitation. If one group is poor, the progressive movement assigns the blame to another group that is richer. And then he gets into the, the difficulty of Jews, who are unquestionably a minority, who have been hunted, killed, and discriminated against for a couple thousand years, but are very, very successful. And, uh, and they suggest from Karl Marx on... Um, the idea that, yes, the Jew is clever and has stolen the money of other people who don't have it is just such a uh, an attractive shibboleth, a, a false argument to people that, uh, especially the stupid and angry or the crazed with ideology, <laughs> that it's just irresistible. Did and that's why there's so much uh, anti-Semitism. Did you see, um, I, re I tweeted this out uh, last night. This is in Berkeley, California. Tolerant, loving... We welcome everyone. That's the sign in your yard, Berkeley, California. Diversity, diversity. Anti-Jewish protesters in Berkeley throwing cash at Jewish city council members. As part of the well, whole Jews control the money stereotype. Straight out of the Klan. Uh, yeah, in Berkeley. Throwing money at the Jewish city council members. And there's video of it here. It actually happened. You Isn't think old Uncle Joe is stretching it when he calls these people neo-Marxists? May I quote Karl Marx? What is the worldly religion of the Jew? Huckstering. What is his worldly God? Money. Money is the jealous God of Israel, in face of which no other God may exist. Money degrades all the gods of man, turns them into commodities. The bill of exchange is the real God of the Jew. Uh, Arizona State University yesterday, 20 Jewish students had to be evacuated by police from a campus building after a crowd gathered in front of the building and started throwing rocks at the windows. Got the video of that also, looking at it. Yeah, Professor David Bernstein tweeted, uh, instead of escorting Jewish students out of back doors into attics, etc., the authorities need to start sending in riot squads and arresting the rioters. If not, Jews will need to start organizing in self-defense. I will not be going out back doors, thank you very much. I then he said, I get it, the police want de-escalation, it makes your job a lot easier, but this ain't the way. I didn't intend this to all fit together, I just thought that was an interesting story about the pretendian who won the Oscar, but it does mm -hmm. fit together. It, the whole, you get credit for this because you're part of a group, or you get blamed for this because you're part of a group, is all stupid. Same person, same song. It's, it's, yeah, just identity politics doesn't work. The dismissing an idea or a voice because it's a white male, straight white male, or elevating a voice because it's not, it's just, it's all stupid. An idea is either a good idea or it's not. 
I agree. It's absolutely horrible. I came across this, speaking of things that, that fit together. It was a, a tweet from, a uh, obviously, from context. You'll learn he's a parent in San Francisco. There are like three of them left. Like many San Francisco parents, my wife and I have begun the grueling process of finding a school for our four-year-old daughter. Both my wife and I fundamentally believe in public education. We, don't, we, we do not want our kids to get a leg up because their parents have been fortunate to succeed in life. That's an interesting attitude. Um, I don't share it. Um, but he says, yesterday we visited McKinley Elementary School. Great facilities, amazing library, good presentation. All good until we took a deeper look at their mission, vision, and beliefs, which are horrifyingly straight out of the woke playbook. And it talks about the success of our students, blah, blah, blah. Uh, What we will do here is disrupt and eliminate racist and classist policies and practices that are barriers, blah, blah, blah. Teach that racism is endemic in our society. Build trust relationships. Uh, Where is it? Uh, Oh, McKinley centers BIPOC voices to ensure an inclusive, trusting, and joyful learning, and blah, blah, blah. We strive to break the historic cycles of bias and interrupt institutionalized racism in American education. This is for tiny little kids now. And as he said, so much is wrong about this pamphlet. What does it mean to center BIPOC voices? Shouldn't a school's <laughs> mission to be encourage all voices? Why are non-BIPOC voices to be off-center? Is this right. even English? That's a Why good Why should question. the mission be to justify uh, or just to eliminate inequities? Every kid deserves to achieve their potential, regardless of their walk of life. How does a five-year-old need to be turned into a social justice warrior? How can a five-year-old digest this information without basic critical thinking? And more importantly, what the heck happened to just teaching English, math, and science, and all the other frameworks that are necessary for kids to understand the world and form their own opinions? And I would point out, be successful. We, uh, These people have a twisted and perverse view of humanity, and either they're going to win or we're going to win. Um, TikTok's going to help them win. Uh, there's a TikTok trend out right now that is horrifying, and we could get into that in an hour or two, but we've got Katie Green, the news machine, in her headlines coming up. That's not what it's called at all. Uh, but Katie's coming up in a moment. Clever name. Clever name. Yeah. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The restaurant chain Chili's yesterday released an ad that features a new version of its jingle, Baby Back Ribs, performed by the R&B group Boys to Men. Sounds like Boys to Men has got bills to pay. <laughs> That's a funny joke. I heard that. I heard the clip, and it sounds great, Boys to Men. I like their singing. It's a new version of, I got my baby back, baby back, uh, baby back ribs jingle. But uh, <laughs> when I heard that, I thought, Eh, is that a good look for their career or looks like boys to men has got bills to pay well yeah clearly and and they're they're no longer boys to men they're men to old men and you know they haven't been hot for some time you know speaking some time 30 years second mention of the historic vids uh twitter feed in in one hour uh they had up the other day the uh, the recording session for that baby back mm. song with the actual singers and musicians doing it. Cool. And some of them are pretty well-known soul musicians. Really? And, which is right. It sounds so damn good. Uh, okay. Yeah, but it was fun to watch that recording session. That has to be one of more, the, one of more, the, the more successful jingle things ever in the history of advertising. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's groovy. Uh, so we will lift the weight of the world upon our shoulders and share it with you uh, <laughs> next hour. Very, very serious stuff. Uh, I wanted to mention this real quickly. Uh, if you are, I don't know, a gazillionaire and you have many, many dinero in your bank account, perhaps you could buy the well-preserved Babe Ruth rookie card from 1914 that's hitting the auction market. They think it could be the the highest price ever gained for a baseball card. The previous record setter, a uh, $12.6 million Mickey Mantle card. Yeah. What I, what I would always worry about if I had something like that is, uh, am I the, you know, you buy it. Am I the only person in the world that thought this was worth this much? Because <laughs> there's got to be somebody else who thinks it's worth that much if you ever want to sell it. Yeah, I think you just have to be crazy rich and really enjoy uh, being the owner of it. It's just cool to have. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, if if you can't afford to lose $10 million on a Babe Ruth card, don't buy it. Mm, I put all my but, money in rookie baseball cards. Things went south on me. He's 19 years old. Svelte, shockingly. Uh, he played for his hometown Baltimore Orioles, <clears throat> who were then a minor league outfit with the International League. And there it is, Ruth, pitcher on, uh, cool. on the card. Cool. Yeah. By yeah. the way, here's a nugget I didn't know until the other day. The Baby Ruth candy bar. Been here yes. my whole life. Wasn't named after Babe Ruth. It was actually after the daughter of Grover Cleveland or something like that. No, it wasn't. It was named after Babe Ruth. They what? got around the copyright problem of having to pay Babe Ruth by claiming it was after the daughter of the president. Oh, misinformation slash disinformation. Like a hundred-year-old ruse. Isn't wow. that something? I don't appreciate your ruse. Yes. Obscure reference. Hope somebody got it. And, uh, wow, that's something. You know, if I buy the uh, $14 million Babe Ruth card, Jack, I'm primarily concerned about burglary. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is why you got to get yourself a Simply Safe home security system right now. You can get 50% off Best Home Security in 2023 by U.S. News and World Report and us too. It's really a great system. Get your hands off of the Babe Ruth rookie card, somebody will say to the thief, because, yeah, there are monitoring agents actually looking at the intruder and can speak to them with Simply Safe's 24 7 live guard protection and a silent alarm wireless indoor camera. Pretty cool. The cops are on their way and are going to get in a little Louisville slugger work on you, scumbag. That's what I would say if I was one of those monitoring agents. They probably wouldn't hire me, but powered by 24-7 professional monitoring, less than a buck a day, half the cost of traditional systems. With the new 24-7 live guard protection, smart alarm, wireless indoor camera, the monitoring agents can see and speak to intruders. For a limited time, get 50% off any Simply Safe system with a fast protect plan. Visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. That's simplysafe.com. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Figure out whose dog's pooping on your lawn. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We can't name our candy bar after the most popular athlete in America. We'll have to pay him royalties. Nah, we'll claim we named it after somebody else. That's clever. Wow. Wow. And enjoy some Ricky Mantle chewing gum <laughs> named after right. the uh, fireplace of Ricky Ricardo or something. I don't know. Uh, hey, it's time to find out who's reporting what. It's the lead story with Katie Green. Katie? Thank you, guys. From the New York Post, swarm of violent anti-Israel protesters begging for ceasefire clash with Capitol cops outside DNC headquarters. Six officers injured. Yeah, and not near enough media attention on that story for the amount of violence. I mean, six officers injured. If you've seen the videos, it's completely out of hand. It is a full-on riot. Yeah. Uh, and, and, wow, lacking media coverage. That schism on the left is going to take a while to get going, but it's there. From the New York Times, President Biden emphasized that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict will not end until there are two nations existing side by side. That ain't happening anytime soon. Yeah, good luck with that. From the Wall Street Journal, China's Xi draws standing ovation from U.S. business leaders. Um, yeah, he and Musk, Elon, had dinner last night. I want to read more about that. There's an article about it in the Wall Street Journal. From USA Today, Biden and Xi agree to curb fentanyl production. Whatever. Resume military talks at San Francisco summit. Yeah, he, uh, Xi, if you don't know this, Xi agreed to curb fentanyl production with with, uh, Trump, too, and made some sort of agreement and then never followed through on it. So, whatevs. Yeah, the agreeing ain't the business end of that sort of thing. It's the doing, and the commies agree to all sorts of crap, whatever's in their best interest at any moment. Uh, by the way, Katie, I'd, I've never been to that giant sprawling estate south of San Francisco. Have you been there? Because I guess tourists can go. No, I have not. I was completely unaware of the place. It's like yeah. 650 acres. Some uh, guy who got rich in the the, the, the the gold rush way back in the day started the whole thing, and that's where... She and Biden were uh, strolling around in the gardens yesterday. Yeah, Peter Ducey referred to it last night as the world's most secure wedding venue. Yeah, yeah. If you're super, super rich, that's where you get married. From the Washington Post, Senate passes bill to avert government shutdown, sending it to Biden to sign. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Wow. So that uh, we had a two-hour what-if-there's-a-government-shutdown feature ready to go. So this is very disappointing <laughs> to us. From TMZ, Donald Trump 
Evidence he might debate Republican candidates. Secret Service shows up at upcoming venue. Uh, okay. So they're saying the Secret Service is walking around the venue for the December 6th debate. Okay. And that think, oh. might be something that's a bit of a stretch, though, because candidates get Secret Service protection, too, in some cases. And finally, the Babylon Bee. Google Maps now offering achievements for beating estimated travel time. Drive extra fast, get a couple of points, likes. I begin to suspect that Apple Maps knows how fast I drive, because I just can't get ahead of my uh, Ah, ETA. Right. They're like, dude, we're on to you. You're going to go 80. (laughs) You're going to go 80 on the highway. So your ETA is is 315. Like my Tesla map, when we were driving to the uh, zoo the other day, it told me when I was going to be there, and I said, yeah, no, no, I'm going to be there earlier than that. And I beat it by like 15 minutes. Wow. Um, I had some more cool stuff about where she and Biden met. I guess we'll have to jam that into coming hours. Just interesting information. Yeah, and more on the business leaders standing up and applauding Xi Jinping. Did you see the crowds of thousands waving communist Chinese flags in the streets of San Francisco, greeting their leader? Holy crap, that's a hostile regime, friends. Not a U.S. flag to be seen. Not one. Where's their loyalty lie, huh? Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.